Hello, everybody, and welcome to the X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. This is the Crypto Hipster, Jamil Hassan, where I bring you crypto policy and regulatory news, insights, analysis, and commentary. My biased commentary, by the way, around the world with your host, me. And um, this is, I try not to be too biased. Anyway, this is episode 75, season four, episode 15 for the week of January 2022, 22, 2024, sorry, January 22, 2024 through today, January 26, 2024, this past week. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining me. We're going to go over some stuff. Let's start out with some stuff. Global news. We talk about news all the time. And this, before we begin, actually, some housekeeping. I got two new amazing crypto hipster podcasts coming to you this weekend. One tomorrow, Saturday, and one on Sunday. Be it the true delight. Um, one is a repeat guest from a year ago, 15 months ago. Um, but the conversation is as equally compelling as it was the first time. Make sure you tune in. Global news we'll talk about first is uh, is U.S., the U.K., and Australia have stepped up sanctions on Hamas-linked crypto facilitators. The U.S. Department of Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets Control, OFAC, announced new sanctions against the networks and facilitators of crypto transactions linked to the Palestinian militant group Hamas. In a January 22 announcement, January 22nd announcement, OFAC said it was imposing a fifth round of sanctions against Hamas following the group's October 7 attacks on Israel. The Treasury said it's targeting financial facilitators that played key roles in moving crypto funds to Hamas, a concurrent action with authorities in the United Kingdom and Australia. Hamas has sought to leverage a variety of financial transfer mechanisms, including the exploitation of crypto to channel funds to support the group's terrorist activities, said Brian Nelson, Undersecretary of the Treasury for Ter Terrorism and Financial Intelligence. Among the entities named in OFAS list, especially designated nationals, included members of the Shamlock family behind a Gaza-based money changer funneling tens of millions of dollars from Iran to Hamas, and the Hez... Hers Allah exchange, which has allegedly worked with Hamas to facilitate transactions in crypto. No specific crypto addresses were listed in the sanctions. Okay. The sanctions just build on previously can't announce OFAC's actions against Hamas tied operators in the wake of the October 7 attacks. Wow. Okay. That's good work. That's a global news. And that was the big, the big news of the day. We're, we're not done. We're not done. Let's talk about this. Bitcoin. Remember that original crypto before anything else came out called Bitcoin? Yeah. Which is about $40,000 right now. Well, crypto executives see it a little differently. They see mid to low $20,000 Bitcoin price before new all-time highs. Now, who's saying this? Bitcoin faces months of struggle to reclaim lost ground and challenges local highs. Investor Chris Berniski predicts in a post on Twitter or X, 
Berniski, who is now a partner at crypto venture firm Placeholder, said the Bitcoin price should be should at least drop to thirty thousand. He says Bitcoin continues to field bearish price prognoses, and an increasing number of crypto industry household names are calling for lower. Berniski is now among them, and his floor target is lower than some others. In my opinion, actually, let me let me put it in his voice. In my opinion, Bitcoin at least at thirty thousand dollars before a local bottom, and wouldn't be surprising if we test the mid to high twenties before all is said and done, and we can make an actual move towards previous all time highs. Why'd I do it that way? Why'd I say it like that? Well, Berniski, what it doesn't mention here is that he's one of the biggest shillers of Solana. He is invested in Solana, which has proven not to work. Bitcoin, on the other hand, has never had downtime. It works all the time, and no one can stop it. But Berniski made a decision and made an announcement shilling his own book. On the Crypto History Podcast, we don't allow people to shill their book. Okay, We don't say, oh, I'm invested in this because of this. You're a VC, Chris. Your job is to try to make your book look as attractive as possible. And I'm telling you, my audience, this guy never built a technology in his life. This guy doesn't know how to build technology. He never managed multi-billion dollar tech projects, never managed multi-billion dollar books of business on behalf of a big financial company, Yet, and, and has no tech shops. Yet, he's speaking negatively about Bitcoin. So you take that with a grain of salt, and you let me know what you think. Okay, who else is gonna who else is gonna talk down Bitcoin? Because they need to go on the wall of shame. Okay, who else? Uh oh, Arthur Hayes. We gotta see what he said. Earlier this week, Arthur Hayes, former CEO of crypto exchange BitMEX, predicted Bitcoin could fall to 30,000 before recovering. More drastic predictions come from notorious liar, I mean trader, Capo of Crypto, liar, trader, whatever you want to call him. Um sh- uh, you know, oh, he's a bad one. Uh, according to a lot of people, I don't know. I don't know the guy. I don't know. But hey, uh, they're, they're, all these guys are talking down Bitcoin because they're talking up their book. So when you see people talking, saying, oh, Bitcoin's going down, you need to consider the source. Consider the source. Arthur Hayes, I respect. Okay. The other two, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Okay. Yeah. Why that isn't even an article that showed up on my show today. I'm going to have words with my content creator here. Okay, so let's go to some fun stuff. SEC, Institute's Proceedings on Grayscale Spot Ether ETF Pushing Deadline. The United States Securities and Exchange Commission has pushed its decision on whether to approve or disapprove of a spot Ether exchange traded fund from Grayscale Investments, opening the application to public comments. In a notice, the SEC said it would institute proceedings to determine whether or to approve or disapprove a proposed rule change that would allow NYSE ARCA to list and trade the Grayscale Ethereum Trust shares. Opening the proposed investment vehicle to public comment will push the deadline for a decision by an additional 35 days upon publication of a federal register. Interested persons are invited to submit written data, views, and arguments whether regarding whether the proposed rule change should be approved or disapproved, said the SEC. 
The SEC notice came 15 days after the commission approved listings for shares of spot Bitcoin ETFs on the U.S. exchanges for the first time, including an offering from Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Since its launch, GBDC outflows, outflows have been among the highest of the 10 approved spot Bitcoin ETFs, reaching up roughly $4.4 billion over nine days of trading. There you go. So when people talk about Bitcoin, just consider all the wonderful things that are going in the, on in the Bitcoin world and take their opinions with a grain of salt. And in this case, you know, a little tiny shaker. I'm shaking it right now. You can't see me doing it right now on the on, it's an audio podcast, but I'm taking a tiny bit, little tiny salt shaker and shaking it. All right. So let's go. What are we going to talk about now? The SEC delays BlackRock's, also BlackRock spot ETF for Ethereum till March. The U.S. Securities Regulator, we keep calling it that, I would say overstepper or um, unethical organization or money grabber, but let's call it regulator for now because it pretends to be. The U.S. Securities Regulator has pushed back its decision on BlackRock's proposed spot Ethereum exchange traded fund a day ahead of the deadline, citing the need for more time to review the proposed rule change. There we go with the salt shaker again. The commission finds it appropriate to designate a longer period within which to take action on the proposed rule change. The SEC Commission Assistant Secretary Sherry Haywood explains in a January 24 filing. The SEC made the delay one day ahead of the January 25 deadline. Well, January 24 is ahead of January 25, isn't it? It is the first of several delays the SEC can exercise across a 240-day period. You're going to see a lot more. This first deadline comes nearly 45 days after NASDAQ filed for an iShares Ethereum trust on BlackRock's behalf. While the SEC must make a final decision on BlackRock's spot Ether ETH decision by August 7, Bloomberg ETF analyst Eric Balshunas, I love that name, Balshunas, has predicted a final decision will be made on all pending spot Ether ETFs in May, similar to the way the SEC decided on the 10 pending spot Bitcoin ETFs in January 10. All right, so March is going to come along right before the Bitcoin halving, about a month or so. And they're going to decide on this Ethereum shares. Let me know your thoughts, what you think is going to happen with Ethereum ETFs. Okay. And then we're talking about, hopefully, just one more thing about the SEC. SEC crypto enforcement actions under Gary Gensler reached 10 year high. We knew that was going to happen, right? The US SEC, again, regulator with a tiny, it's busy salt shaker. Brought 46 enforcement actions against crypto firms in 2023, more than double the number of cases in 2021. According to a report released on January 24, because it's always a report from litigation consulting firm Cornerstone Research, read the report, the number of crypto-related enforcement cases brought by the SEC in 2023 was the highest since 2013, suggesting that digital assets were a top priority for the commission. Of the 46 enforcement actions in 2023, Cornerstone reported the SEC imposed $281 million in monetary penalties 
for settlements and triple the number of administrative proceedings from 2022. That will definitely fund the organization. Definitely. Chair Gensler has noted that enforcement is a tool. It's a money grab, actually. Worse than a rug pool, but it's a money grab. SEC. Not the destination. It's a tool and not the destination. And the number of SEC enforcement actions brought in the crypto space has ramped up over the last two years. Yeah, it has. I'm looking at this chart. I'm like, whoa. Lots and lots of stuff. Stuff. Cornerstone reported the number of SEC enforcement actions consisting of litigation or administrative proceedings was, was 20 in 2021. The year Gensler nominated was nomination as commission chair was confirmed by the U.S. Senate under Gensler. The SEC's actions on crypto increased 50 by 50% in 2022 and more than 53% in 2023. If his job is to bring enforcement actions, if his job is to bring enforcement actions, it's a big if, he's doing a splendid job. He's bringing enforcement actions. If his job, if his job is to bring ethical enforcement actions based on integrity, trust, and honor, the question is, is he doing a splendid job? Or, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I've bashed and trashed Gary Gensler on this show too many times. I don't need to fight this battle. I'm just asking the question. What's the SEC's job? Is it to bring enforcement actions? Or is it to bring ethical, honorable actions with integrity? I don't know. To me, it's two separate things. Let me know your thoughts. And no discussion about the U.S. government can be complete without a conversation about Senator Warren. They say bad actors in crypto. What if the bad actor is a, I don't know, politician from Massachusetts? Who knows, right? X adds community note to Senator Warren's claim on dodging sanctions of crypto. Okay? Social media platform X, formerly Twitter, I keep saying that, it's formerly Twitter, now it's X, has added a note providing context to a tweet from Senator Elizabeth Warren regarding cryptocurrency use in financial crimes. Following Senator Warren's January 21 post citing a U.S. Government Accountability Office report in which the lawmaker claimed rogue nations are using crypto to dodge sanctions, ex-contributors added a community note. According to the note, provided with context they thought people might want to know, and you might want to know this, a U.S. Treasury report from February 2022 stated fiat, which is dollars and other currencies like euro and stuff like that, is the preferred currency for financial crimes, unless you're in the U.K., no, I'm making this up. Unless you're in the UK, then you sold, you shove gold bars up your butt in the airport. I mean, I, I kind of made up that part of the statement. That was not part of the statement, but it was part of fact. Go back and look at the arrest in, in the UK airports with people found with gold bars. That's a hell of an enema, by the way. I mean, that is really like a gold enema. I, oh, oh, I can't even think about it. I mean, oh, I, and, a new anyway, the the economic sanctions. Yeah, she said, Warren, 
a new USGAO report confirms that rogue nations are using crypto to dodge sanctions and undermine our national security. It's time for crypto to follow up the same anti-money laundering rules as everyone else. I've got a bill to make that happen. Your bills will never pass, lady. No one's ever passed your bills. Okay. But uh, the, the statement says um, from the US JAL, the, 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 the rebuke of one of Warren's claims, um, is that is a rare occurrence amid many anti-crypto posts during her time in office, you know, and she just, you know, anyway, I'm so at a loss of words about Senator Warren. I think the people, the great people of Massachusetts have a responsibility to the nation when the next time her election comes up to vote in somebody else. That's my thoughts. Let me know your thoughts on this matter. Okay. And then we're going to go to talk a little bit about AI. Okay. Um, there's going to be a battle, a battle going on. The U.S. Department of Defense predicts an AI versus counter AI battle. Now, what does that mean? The United States Department of Defense released a statement on January 25th outlining the beginning of its use for artificial intelligence, predicting a battle between AI and counter-AI. The statement followed a speech from Jude Sunderbrutch, the DOD's Cybercrime Center Executive Director at the Google Defense Forum. Essentially, this battle with counter-AI refers to identifying and blocking manipulation attempts of AI systems while creating AI systems that are resilient to such attacks. This person says, adversaries are trying to get past our boundaries and our securities every day. That's true. It's true. They're moving at light speed. They're on fiber optic networks. They're able to bounce from one VPS, virtual private server, to another in an instant. So utilizing AI to try to get ahead of that is going to be essential. I agree. I agree, Sunder Rutsch. Said this battle would raise major questions about what the truth is. He also said he wouldn't call it an arms race, but rather a strategic competition. A similar statement was echoed in the developer space when, in December 2023, Meta's AI boss, Yan Lacoon, said an AI war was happening. The DOD said it believes the U.S. is well positioned to make advances in the AI space, and it said a near term goal is to use currently available AI tools and apply them to information that the government has layered with other available information. So gear up for that AI versus non-AI tools. As an author and a podcaster, I don't use, I don't create my books using generated content by AIs. I create the content, interview people, convert that into books and what their spoken word is in a format that people can understand and read. And I publish that without using AI to create content. Now, we said we were going to talk about, I don't know, we're going to talk about uh, the law, right? So the law, and we can't talk about the law without talking about lawyers. Let's talk about one lawyer in particular, OneCoin. OneCoin's lawyer was sentenced to 10 years in prison. A federal judge sentenced the lawyer responsible for money laundering through the OneCoin crypto scheme 
to 10 years in prison following a January 25 hearing. According to reporting from Intercity Press, Judge Edgardo Ramos of the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York sentenced Mark Scott to 10 years behind bars for his role in laundering millions of dollars through one coin. The lawyer was convinced of conspiracy to commit bank fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering in November 2019 and has been awaiting sentencing. Prosecutors pushed for Scott to receive a minimum sentence of 17 years, while his legal team recommended only five years in prison. He reportedly expressed sympathy for OneCoin's victims before being sentenced. I wonder, in September of 2024, if Alex Bashinsky was Celsius, and I wonder if in March 2024, Sam Bankman-Fried of FCX are going to have any comments for their victims before they go to prison. Actually, Mashinsky wasn't tried and found guilty yet. I take that back. I will be attending that court case in September. I'm looking forward to it. Let's go. Next, we're talking about HUD 8. And since we talked about Celsius, we're talking about HUD 8. HUD 8 denies claims in J Capital Report and refers to official SEC filings. In a January 2024 announcement, Bitcoin miner HUD 8 issued a blanket denial of claims made against it by January 18 short report from J Capital Research, an investment information service firm. In the announcement, HUT 8 said the report was filled with inaccuracies, misrepresented data, speculative claims, and unfounded character attacks. The Bitcoin miner encouraged investors to read the company's official documents filed with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and Canadian security regulators claiming these documents are credible sources of information about the company. Anybody remember Zeus Capital? No? And and how Chris Podesky had a role with that where they attacked Chainlink? No. You should go back and look at what happened what there. It's kind of like the same thing. Um, there's lots of reports in the crypto space over time that have been just trashes and bashes and unaccounted claims and all that stuff. Uh, in the FUD, in the fear, uncertainty, and doubt space, try to keep your investments at bay and not have you invest in something. Um, it's wrong. It's unethical. It's immoral. And the important part for my listeners is being able to understand what it is, when it occurs, and how, you know, and that it is such, you know. Um, and hopefully, we'll be able to get there um, and more easily fashioned. It's not still a lot of rug pulls and stuff like that occur and that's the industry pains is growing up as a maturing as an industry and that happens in fiat world too so but the uh chairman bill tie of hot eight board of directors added a statement the board maintains full confidence in the company's merger of equals strategic plan and management team our focus remains on the long-term vision and continued success of hot eight we remain committed to ensuring that our governance and oversight are aligned with the best interest of our stakeholders. Good on you. That's good on you, sir. Good luck. Um, so let's go to let's see if we're done with the U.S. We are not. We're talking about FINRA. Okay. We're almost out of this. Today's news is out of, mostly out of the U.S. I have a couple things from overseas. FINRA finds violation in 70% of crypto asset public communications that they review. FINRA, Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, reported that roughly 70% of crypto-related communications from a survey contained 
false, exaggerated, promissory, or unwarranted, unwarranted or misleading claims or otherwise violated guidelines on public communications. In a report released on January 23, FINRA said it reviewed more than 500 crypto asset-related retail communications starting in November 2022. According to the regulator, it identified more than 70% of the reviewed communications that had potential substantive violations of its rules on communications with the public. With the growth, growth in this market and increased interest in crypto assets, the potential harm caused by problematic communications has also increased, said Fennage Senior Director Ira Gluck. In order to have enough information to evaluate a crypto asset investment or service, communications need to clearly describe its risks and features. And I want to add something here. You need to look at the background and the holdings of the person making the claim. Are they heavily invested in something that's counter to what they're bashing and trashing? If so, that needs to be public information. Okay, so go. that's what my thoughts are. Let me know your thoughts. So we're going to go here. We're going to go. The US, we have one more article from the U.S. I know it's U.S.-centric today. U.S. government's planned 118 million Bitcoin sale is peanuts compared to GBTC. The U.S. government's planned sale of nearly $118 million in seized Silk Road Bitcoin shouldn't be seen as a cause for concern, according to market commentators. In a January 10 forfeiture notice, which made rounds on social media on January 2024, uh, shows the government plans to dispose of the 2,934 Bitcoin following the January 8th sentencing of Silk Road Xanax dealer Ryan Forrest and his 72-year-old father, Joseph Forrest, for money laundering conspiracy. Within a, with a, while a few members of the community shared concerns that the auction could lead to a multi-million dollar dump of Bitcoin, Stephen Lubka, managing director at Bitcoin Exchange Swan, oh boy, was among many who argued the sale would be peanuts compared to the outflows from the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust over the last week. Yeah, some people shouldn't be quoted in the news. Peanuts, we have been eating GPD sales 4X for this breakfast, said Lovka. Uh, yeah, my salt shaker's out again. Salt shaker. Uh, let's cut this article short and move on. You know, if you think I need a bigger salt shaker, like a massive salt shaker, you know, let me know. Okay. We're going to go to Canada. Leaving the U.S. Thank God. Right. Canada's use of law freezing protesters' crypto donation, donations was unconstitutional. A federal court of Canada has ruled an emergency law that gave the Canadian government power to stop the flow of funds and crypto to protesting truckers was unreasonable and unconstitutional. In the January, 2020, uh, January 23 decision, Justice Richard Mosley concluded there are, was no national emergency justifying invocation of the Emergencies Act, and the decision to do so was therefore unreasonable. In February 2022, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government used the law for the first time, first time ever, to freeze funds, including cryptocurrencies, donated to the truckers protesting COVID-19 restrictions, which the court found was unconstitutional. The Freedom Convoy protesters used trucks to block streets in the nation's capital, Ottawa, in protest against 
a mandate requiring truck drivers crossing the Canadian-U.S. border to fully be fully vaccinated against COVID-19. At the time, the government claimed invoking the Emergencies Act was needed as the protests were an illegal occupation. It's good to see that, you know, common sense has come into play. Okay, we're going to go to Europe. We have a couple things to talk about in Europe. There's nothing in Antarctica today, nothing in Africa today, nothing in uh, Asia today. Invesco and Wisdom Tree will cut fees on European ETPs as price war reaches Europe. The spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund fee war has now reached Europe just weeks after the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission approved the BTC ETFs in the country. Before the approval on January 10, several applicants updated their S1 filings multiple times to lower their ETF fees. Now, a similar trend is being observed among European listed exchange-traded products. Two leading asset managers, Invesco and Wisdom Tree, slashed their fees on their European-listed ETPs by more than 60%. The $137 million Invesco physical Bitcoin ETP will see a change reduction from 0.99% to 0.39%, while $325 million Wisdom Tree physical Bitcoin, Bitcoin ETP will see a cost reduction from 0.95% to 0.35%, making it a little bit cheaper making it a little bit more uh, open to competition with BlackRock and others. Good on you. Let's go. What's the last plot? Bulgaria. Ne Nexo. Nexo seeks $3 billion in damages from Bulgaria over dropped investigation. Crypto lending platform Nexo is looking to claim $3 billion in damages from the Bulgarian government following failed criminal investigations. Nexo Outline the DEE details, the details of its $3 billion arbitration claim against the Republic of Bulgaria in direct correspondence with Cointelegraph on June, January 24. It has submitted a claim through the World's Bank International Center for Settlement of Investment Disputes, which is based in Washington, D.C. Um, the Bulgarian prosecutors dropped their case against Necto in December concluding there was no evidence of crimes committed by four Bulgarian nationals charged following a raid of Nexo's offices at the beginning of the year. And there you have it. And that, friends and family, is the X Factor for this week. A uh, couple, one, one final news announcement. This crypto hipster, once again, is a digital sponsor. Litecoin Summit coming up to you in July this year in uh, Memphis. So, uh, actually, Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, yeah, home of rock and roll and all things that are tasty and yummy. Let's go. Anyway, I wish everybody have a happy, joyous, wonderful week. And I will see you again next week for another episode of the X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. 